Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Welcome to Portland Christian Center. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, my name is Nate. This is my wife, Mayel. Good morning, everyone. Whether you're online or in the room, welcome to PCC. Yes, from our family to yours, we are so glad that you're here. And Merry Christmas. Turn your neighbor and say, Merry Christmas. That's not too early. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Well, this time of year is a time where traditions are usually done. How many of you have some traditions that you like to do with your family? Maybe you have some traditions you don't really like, but you do them anyway. Anybody have those? (laughs) Well, how many of you have ever had a picture in your mind of how you think something's going to go, and then it doesn't go the way you pictured? Anyone? Anyone in here? Anyone in here? Yeah, and if your hand's not raised, you're lying, because the truth is... We have all had that. We have had that. And we have this some. This morning we had we that. We had that. Today did not work out. Yeah. Nate kept hitting the snooze button, guys. I don't know. What, My bad. What in the world? My bad. He kept hitting the snooze button. Yes. We got up late. But we have some. We have some traditions, family traditions. Yes. And one of those that I, we wanted to bring up, um, my wife loves to decorate for Christmas. Any of the ladies in the house says, and guys just love to decorate. Come on. Come on, ladies. And. and and men, and who men. are we with love me? It. And so, uh, but you know, when we first started out and, and got married, we would go get a real tree the day after Thanksgiving and do all those types of things. But then, um, apparently, I'm I'm Nate, not a Nate fan was of. was a little sensitive to the nettles. I don't he like nettles now. Too I just much. was like, I'm done with that. He was allergic to trees. So we got so. a fake tree. Proud of it. Okay, so we got a fake tree. But I didn't realize that when you get a fake tree, that means you can set it up even earlier. We've set it up in like October at times. So we set it up really early. I guess there's, I mean, one time I had it been even June. I don't even know. But one July, time I went out July. to the garage and she's like, get the Christmas stuff out. So we start pulling out, pulling out. And I grab the big box with the Christmas tree in it. And as I'm pulling it out, I look and there's a hole in the bottom of the box. You know where this is going. Yeah, no, no, thanks. And so you. as I'm pulling it out, I opened it up, and there was an abundance of evidence that an entire family of mice has made this tree their home. And the evidence, and you know what I mean by evidence, was everywhere. Now, knowing my bride, there is no way. There's a standard. There's a standard. standard. There is no way cleaning this tree is even a thought. So I just basically grabbed the box, put it in the back. Oh, I think I called my dad and said, put it, get your truck over here. And we took it to the dumpster. Our next stop was Hobby Lobby. <laughs> it was not what we expected It was not what we all. pictured. And actually, part of that story is I said, either the garage is being cleaned out or I'm moving. Because That's I true. am not. Anybody oh, else? Yes. It's just, it grossed me out. Mice evidence poop. Mice poop grosses me out. So it I spent the out. rest of the day pulling everything out of the garage. <laughs> vacuumed. I took Clorox wipes, wiped the whole thing down. You're a good man. Thank you. Thank you for doing that for me. All worth it. All worth it. But it wasn't how we pictured it would be. It was not how we pictured it. It was not how we pictured it would be. Not even close. 
Uh, you know, another time was, you know, when I first, when we had kids, one of the things I was so excited to do was to take our kids to get pictures with Santa. And, you know, I had prepped them, I had prepared them that this was going to be an incredible experience. We were going to have fun. We would get to see Santa. We'd get to sit on his lap. There'd be lots of joy. And uh, let's just say it didn't turn out the way I pictured. I have a picture to prove that. If you can see Tate off to the side, there's Tate. He's screaming his head off, and I am literally holding him still just so he'll get a picture like that. How many of you have either been in a picture like that or your kids? You have a picture on, of your kids doing hands. that. Okay. okay. It wasn't what Not I pictured. How many of you are, maybe you're in a season right now where what you thought the picture of your life was going to be, the reality is very different. Maybe for you, it's your, your marriage. Your marriage looks different than how you pictured it. Maybe it's uh, your job or raising kids. Now, come on. I had an idea of how, what I thought being a parent would be like. And the picture is very different than the reality. I remember before I had kids, I was walking through the store, and this mom's child was throwing a fit. And I, I remembered saying to myself, my child will never act that way in public. <laughs> Let me just tell you. It's different than I pictured. It's different than I pictured. I have ate humble pie over and over again when it comes to that. But there's this reality that we have a picture. We get a picture in our mind of what we think life's going to be like. Marriage is going to be like. Our job's going to be like. School's going to be like. That friendship's what that's going to be like. What ministry's going to be like. We get a picture in our head. And when we find ourselves in the place of tension, when the reality is different than what we pictured, we oftentimes feel discouraged and we wonder, God, where are you in all of this? Have you ever found yourself in a situation like that? Because I know I have. When Nate and I were first youth pastors, one of the girls in our youth ministry, uh, her and her family had just literally walked through one of the most difficult seasons I've I've personally, in our years of ministry, ever seen a family walk through. Her mom and dad got divorced, and they found out that her dad was somebody completely different than they thought he was. And I went out to coffee with her, and she looked at me, and she said, Mael, do you think there's any hope for me? This isn't what I pictured, and I'm devastated. Is there any hope for my family? Is there any hope for me? And I remember sitting there, and I will never forget the look on her face. I'll never forget that question that she asked me because you know what it was? She was living in the tension of what she thought would be and the reality of what was. And I looked at her and I said, when Jesus is in the center of your picture, there's always hope. There's always hope when Jesus is in the center of your picture. But we have to ask ourselves this question. Who gave you the picture for your life? Where are you getting your picture from? Absolutely. And that's a really important question I want you to ask yourself. Where are you getting your picture from? As a pastor, uh, one of the things that I just do is I, I actually watch lots of pastors preach. And from time to time, I'll be honest with you, I will see their shoe game. And I'm like, man, I like those shoes. One time there's a little Instagram. It's, a, it's called Preachers and Sneakers. Have you heard about this? I looked it up, and one of the shoes was like $3,000. Wow! I can promise you right now, these shoes were not $3,000. Um, but what's funny about social media, you look at people's highlights, and you compare it to your lowlights. And you think, man, my life does not look like that. They've been on 15 vacations. I'm just trying to get to Starbucks. 
And we start having this separation and we think, man, my life is not what I want it to be. It's not what I imagine. The frame, it's not as good as it should be. Another thing that set a lot of people up for failure is Disney movies. There are a lot of ladies still waiting for Prince Charming with long blonde hair to slay the dragon and take them to their castle. And then they show up and it's a condo. And it, it's just life ends up being one of these things where we have these dreams, these imaginations, these thoughts, and we think, this is the way my life should be. Another one, Christmas morning, I used to think we would sleep in, get up about 11. My boys get up about 5 in the morning. They're pounding on the doors. They are ready. It's just not what we pictured. And so the question we have... <laughs> The question we have to ask ourselves is, where are we getting our picture? Yeah. And if, it's, if we're continually finding the picture for our life from a source, any place other than God, you will continually be disappointed. And today we're going to look at a story, and if you have your Bibles, I'd, I'd encourage you to go to, the, to Luke's Gospel, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to fast forward a little bit to verse 26, because in this story, you're gonna, we're in a, it's going to be a familiar one for those that have been around church or maybe Christmas, we're going to talk about Mary and Joseph, and we're going to talk about the, how do you respond when the picture of your life gets interrupted by God? What do you do when your life just doesn't look the way you thought it would be? So we're going to pick up in verse 26, and this is what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town, a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So far, so good. Verse 29 shows up. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So far, she's like, okay, um, that sounds pretty amazing. And her next question, I, I, I think this is such a great response. How will this be? Have you ever asked God, how he gives you a dream, a picture, a vision. You're like, this is what I'm going to do. And the first thing you say is, how? And Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin, hello, we've got a problem. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Somebody needs to highlight that right there. No word from God will ever fail. When your picture doesn't look like the way you think it should be, tell yourself, tell the enemy, say it out loud. Let's all say it together. One, two, three. No word from God will ever fail. Come on. 
I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The angel left her. Yes. This is a moment where Mary and Joseph had a picture of what their lives would be. They were going to get married. They were going to live life together. They were going to create a family. They had a picture in their mind. And then the angel shows up and interrupts their picture. Has God ever interrupted your picture of what you thought it was going to be like, but he interrupts you? And he doesn't just interrupt you with a different picture, but it almost feels impossible. Well, this is where Mary is at. She is in the middle of the revelation that what God is about to do is impossible. And he has chosen her to do it, her to partner with. And let's just talk, though, about the reality of this situation, because it's easy to look at this and just kind of glance over it. Like Mary, yes, she did yes, and she had the baby, and it was great, and then, you know, it was all easy. No, this was not easy. The reality of this news was heavy, because Mary, Mary would have been between the ages of 13 to 15 years old. Now, I just want to take a moment. How many of you in here have a 13 to 15-year-old daughter? Okay. So imagine your 13 to 15-year-old daughter comes to you and says, Mom, Dad, guess what? I'm pregnant with the Son of God, and I'm a virgin. Like, what would your response be, honestly? You would be like, oh, no, you didn't. Like, that's where... No, this would be hard to believe. Nothing had ever happened like this before. Unless you had a revelation from God, it would be hard to believe. It would be hard to believe. And her getting pregnant out of wedlock, there would have been shame surrounding this whole situation. So you can imagine for Mary, if you put yourself in Mary's shoes, that people probably didn't believe her story. That she felt uh, the ridicule and shame from her own community. And in fact, even for Jesus, we see later on in the Gospels that he could not perform miracles in his hometown because they did not believe. So surrounding this whole story is this element that the, what she had pictured for her life was completely different. And not only was it completely different, but it was difficult to walk through. And I love Mary's response because it says that Mary, when Mary did ask how, so it's okay to ask questions of the Lord. Lord, how on earth will this be? But her response is something that all of us can learn from. She said to the angel, may it be to me as you have said. Now, how many of us, when we get a picture from the Lord about what he wants to do with our lives, how many of us result to arguing? Like, like but God, have you thought about this? But God, what about this? But God, I'm not sure that you've thought through all of this. It's almost like we think that God doesn't know what he's doing. But God, God's plans, Mary's story shows us that when God shows up, if he asks us to do the impossible, we're probably right in line with his plan. Because he puts us in situations where we cannot do it out of our own strength, our own ability, our own talent, our own gifting. No, it's a supernatural impartation for us to bring God to the world. And God uses ordinary people. God chose Mary, who was from no royal lineage. He chose an ordinary girl who was righteous, who had a pure heart before the Lord. And he chose her to carry the Son of God. That's the other element I want to talk about for a moment. Can you think about the pressure of knowing that you have the Son of God in your womb? Mom's out there. Being pregnant, there's enough surrounding that. But imagine being pregnant with the Son of God. 
wow, like that would be a lot of pressure. But Mary's response is so beautiful. She answers with courage. And I want to ask you today, when God interrupts your picture, or if your story, your picture is not what you thought it would be, and God gives you a different picture, what's your response? Is it full of courage? Is it, Lord, may it be to me as you have said? And Mary actually goes on and she sings a song of praise. And she says that it's her spirit rejoices because of the favor of God on her. And she rejoices before Jesus is even born. Now you and I, this is something we can learn from Mary. Because here's the deal, the picture didn't look the way she thought it was going to look. And she hadn't seen the result yet, but yet she rejoiced. And what that shows us is that no matter what we might face, when the picture looks different, but God's at the center, we can rejoice because we know that he will work all things out for our good and his glory. He will work all things out for his glory. But you've got to pause and ask yourself, God, do I trust you? Do I trust that your plan is better than mine? Because most of us, we build our picture of what we think life's going to be like on our desires, our wants, is based on me, me, me. But God's saying, hey, I have something bigger and better for you. It might be different, but it's better. It might be different, but it's better. Absolutely. And as the story's unfolding, Mary's having this encounter. She is excited. She says yes. She's worshiping. And I don't know about you, but there will be times when God will speak to maybe me, and I'll give it to Mael, or God will speak to Mael, and then she'll talk to me about it. And usually when you hear from the Lord, you're pretty excited, right? You're ready to tell but when Mael comes to me sometimes, she says, hey, I was talking to God, and he said we're going to do something. And my first reaction isn't always, yeah. You know what my first question is? How? Right? How? I mean, think about Joseph. Mary shows up. What's Joseph's response going to be? He's not sure about all of this, right? I mean, think about being at a dinner table. You're eating some bread, maybe some fish. And you're just sitting there talking, and hey, how's your day today? I'm pregnant. Wow. With the Son of God. Who's the Father? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it would have been hard, right? Well, let's listen to how Joseph responds, and we'll go back to Matthew's account. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, this is what it says This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He had in mind. I want you to think about that thought for just a moment. He had it figured out. He considered it. He thought about it, and he's... He's thinking, I'm a righteous man. I'm going to be nice, but like a lot of people, I'm just going to say, peace out. That's too much for me to handle, too much work to do. I'm not sure if I want this. And he's ready to walk away. And verse 20 says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with 
us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Not what Joseph pictured, but it's God's plan, and he trusted God's plan. Now, before I go too much further, I want to ask you a question. Who do you think had the harder assignment? Mary or Joseph? Now, before you raise your hand or answer, be very careful, gentlemen, before you shout out the answer. But I want you to think about it just for a second. Who had the harder assignment? Was it Mary or was it Joseph? Physically speaking, we should take a vote. We should take a vote. Should we take a vote? Who thinks Mary had? It's okay. Mary had the harder assignment. Okay. I got some hands. Put your hands down. All right. Who thinks Joseph did? Wow. I'm surprised. Online put it in the chat maybe. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So I, I would say this. Physically, there is no doubt. I've seen and witnessed two children being born. Yes. And I thank it's the Lord for job. you every day. Yes. That was difficult. You're amazing. Thank you. Now, there is an element that would have been harder for Joseph. And here's the element I want to point out. Mary had a baby growing inside of her. She was able to feel and know that she was a virgin. She would know that because it's her body. Joseph is going on her word and a dream. I've had dreams, but this obviously is a dream from the Lord. And I think, I want you to imagine, as the baby's born, Joseph's walking around town. There would probably be times when he's like, hey, that man's got the same nose as Jesus. Hmm. Mary's sure friendly with that guy over there. What's going on? There, would, there could possibly be some doubt in his mind. Anybody here with me? Come on. Where Joseph was like, man, is this really what happened? Now, the first time Jesus walked on water, I'm sure that probably answered some questions or performed a miracle. I don't know. There's not a lot recorded from Jesus' birth till 12. We see him in the temple. And then from 12 to, eight, to 30, 18 more years, the first time he talks as ministry begins. There's not a lot said about Joseph. But what is said is something that I think is so important for all of us to, to understand is that when God gives you a picture or a direction in your life and it's impossible for you, remember, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. And I've heard it said that if, it does, if God's vision for your life doesn't make you nervous or scare you a little bit, you probably haven't seen God's picture yet for your life. Because he's an He's a God that works wonders. He's a God that does miracles. And when we come to God and he says, hey, I'm going to show you this through his word or through prayer and direction, our response should be just like Joseph. I trust you. And here's, here's why. God's plans will always be greater and more beautiful than my plans. I'm going to say that again. God's plans will always be greater and more beautiful than my plans. When we keep that in perspective, it causes us to be filled 
with hope. Amen. I love that part in that scripture where it says, God says, it's in, or the angel says, it's in her, but it's from God. Yeah. The dreams that you have, it's in you, but it's from God. Yeah. God is birthing something new in all of us in this season. He's giving us a picture of what he has for our lives. And there's this element of wonder mm -hmm. at this whole story. And the word wonder means something beautiful and unexpected. And we can pause during this Christmas season. That's why we've entitled this whole series called The Wonder of Christmas. Because there's an element of wonder that happens when you step back and you look at it and you go, how can this be? How can this be? And it actually says that Mary wondered about what the angel had told her. She wondered about this beautiful but unexpected news that her life, that the, the life would be different. And even though it wasn't what they pictured, it was better than what they could have ever imagined. And here's the reality of why we can wonder that this whole story is so vital to us as believers. Or maybe you're here today and you haven't said yes to Jesus, but this is why this story is important to you. And it's found in Isaiah 7:14. Nate read it. It's a prophecy about Jesus. It says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. Everyone say Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. Why can we have hope? Because when we were lost, when we had run away from God, God came to us. When we were desperate, God came to us. He's not the kind of God that says, you have to earn these, you have to earn this in order to get to me. No, he's saying, I'm coming to you because he has a redeeming love, a redemptive love. Emmanuel, God with us. So when we look at the manger, when we look at Jesus, we are reminded that we can have hope. Because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And that's our main thought for the day. And I know that a lot of you like to have multiple points in a sermon, but today we just have one main thought, and this is the truth of this whole sermon, is this, that you and I have hope because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. He's with you. He's with you in the highs. He's with you in the lows. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Absolutely. And that's really good news, isn't it? God is with you. You may be here this morning and you have different seasons of your life. Maybe you're used to having a house that's full of kids and grandkids and family, but maybe this season you're going to be by yourself a lot. God's with you. God's with you. It may not be what you pictured, but God is with you. You may be someone here today that got a, a, a diagnosis from a doctor, and it's not good, it's not what you want. God's with you too. And you may be here and you're far from God. Somebody dragged you here to church. You're not even sure why you're here. But there's, a, there's people up here saying, God's with you. He's for you. And if you will turn to him, he will give you a hope that the world cannot offer. And it will not disappoint. Yeah. You see, the truth is all of us need a Savior. Right. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And what we have to recognize is that what the Bible teaches is so different than any other religion because other religions say you gotta fix yourself upright and earn your way to God. But the Bible teaches that Jesus came to us to save us. It reminds me of a time when we went to Wings and Waves Water Park. Has anybody been to Wings and Waves Water Park? Oh, wow, not a lot of us. Uh, there's a museum next by. You can check out some planes. It's pretty cool. But we go straight to the water park. We've been there a few times. 
And I was in the hot tub with Tate. Myel and Titus were somewhere else. And we were just chilling, having a good time. And the way that it's laid out is there's a really big hot tub. And behind us is a, a part where you come down a water slide and you come in right over here. And it's kind of uh, tumultuous water. And there's a lot of people around. And I'm just hanging out, relaxing. And we hear this screaming right behind us. Ah! Ah! And I turn, and there's a lady, and all I can see is her feet, and she's kicking like this, and she's spinning, and every time she kind of spins, it's like, oh, 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 and she's screaming and screaming. And I'm, I'm, and you know when something's bad is happening, there are people that are quick to jump in and help. Those are called lifeguards, right? I was a spectator at that time. I was frozen. I don't know if I was afraid, curious, scared, or thought it was hysterical. I have no idea. All I'm doing is staring. Anybody get stuck in those frozen moments? It's like everything is in slow motion, and all you hear is screaming, oh, oh, and I'm just like, it didn't even cross my mind yet that somebody should do something. That's how frozen I was. So then, fortunately, the lifeguard was paying attention. He jumps in, and he has one of those long um, red, have you seen those? Like It's like a buoy almost, right? He tries to grab around her. Well, she's bigger than he is. And she starts flailing like this and hits him in the head. And he's kind of falling back. <laughs> He grabs her, and he ends up almost tackling her to pull her out. And then next thing I know, she stands up, and she's in like three feet of water. <laughs> and she's like this tall, and he's this tall. And he's like, my nose, am I bleeding? And she just walks out like, I'm good, like no problem at all. I think sometimes when we say God is with us, we forget that he's with you. Many people are fighting the very one who's come to save them. You don't even know you're drowning. You don't even know you're wrestling. You think that you're fighting all these different battles, that you're doing it on all your own. And God's like, just relax. I am with you. This Christmas season, do not let the pressure to have your life, your Christmas morning, get yourself into all kinds of debt, spend all kinds of money to have the picture-perfect Christmas, and then January 1st comes and you have to pay it all back. And you're like, where did it all go? Jesus says, I'm with you. I'm the reason for this season. I'm here that you would have an abundant life. The picture that you have for your Christmas, Jesus actually has one that's so much better than anything that you can ever ask, think, or imagine. So our prayer for you this morning is that you will lean into Emmanuel. God is with you because he will change everything this Christmas Amen. season. God is with you. The thing is, is that actually happened two different times while we were at Wings it and Waves. And it was the same lady. Yeah, she kept going. I don't know what was happening for reals. And, you know, I love that picture, though, because not for her. That was terrible for her. Sorry. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it was terrible. Nate sat there the second time, I, too. I watched he both didn't jump times. In. That's true. I forgot about that. But both times. I didn't move. He didn't move, but the lifeguard did. And that's actually a beautiful example because, you know what? The people in your life, they may not be able to rescue you, but God always will. 
God will always show up for you. God will always show up for you. He's not going to let you drown. He's not going to let you drown. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I love this quote by A.W. Towser. Such a beautiful thought about Jesus. It says, the coming of Jesus Christ into this world represents a truth more profound than any philosophy. All of the great thinkers of the world together could never have produced anything even remotely approaching the wonder and profundity disclosed in the message of these words. He came. The words are wiser than all learning. Understood in their high spiritual context, they are more eloquent than all oratory, more lyric and moving than all music. They tell us that all of mankind sitting in darkness has been visited by the light of the world. He came. He came to you. And as we conclude today, I just I want to give an illustration. And, uh, you know, when, when Nate and I are on stage or whoever's preaching is on stage, there's, there's a picture that you see. And you can see us right up here. And for sake of this illustration, I'm going to ask you not to look at me on the stage, but to look at me on the screen. And if you're watching from home, you have the advantage. Just keep looking at the screen. Some of you aren't listening. Don't yeah. look at me. God look at knows. the screen. God, God knows. knows. Okay, actually, you have to get out of the picture, too. What? I love you so much. Okay, so love you. Okay, so love here's you too. the thing. Sometimes in life, we have this picture. You have a picture of what it's going to look like every single Sunday. You can count that you could see us in the middle of the screen. Why? Because we have highly trained professionals that do their best to follow us as we move sporadically across the stage. And here is, if we look at this illustration as a picture of our lives, we have a framework of what we think our life is going to be like. And sometimes in life, it feels like God does this. Keep watching the screen. It feels like God does this. Sometimes in life we can see him in the picture, and sometimes it feels like God does this. And it would appear just with our sight that God has forsaken us. It would appear in this picture like God is not with us. Like where, God, did you go? But if you stop looking and you start listening, you can hear my voice. And you know that I have not left the building. I am not gone. I have not run off the stage. I am still here. Why? Because you know my voice. God is with you whether you can see him and feel him or you can't. He's with you. Listen for his voice. He is Emmanuel, God with you. He's with you when you're healthy. He's with you when you're sick. He's with you in your marriage. He's with you if you walk through a divorce. He's with you in the highs. He's with you in the lows. He's with you. He's with you when you feel loved and seen. He's with you when you feel lonely. He's with you in your grief. He's with you in your joys. He is Emmanuel, God with you. He's Emmanuel, God with you. And this illustration is so powerful because here's what I want you to hear. God has never left you. Even though the picture of your life may not look like what you thought it was going to look like, God has not abandoned you. And in the moments where you feel like you can't see him in your picture, listen for his voice because he's right there. He is the living word, Emmanuel, God with us. And this morning, the encouragement is for all of us is that, is your picture in alignment with God's picture for your life? Some of us are trying to fit God into the picture we created when God's inviting you to come into his picture for your life. 
and you can experience something better and greater than you could ever imagine for yourself. God is with you. Even when you feel like he's not there, he is what? He's Emmanuel, God with you. He's with you. Just say that. Why don't you just say that to yourself? God's with me. God's with me. And some of you in here in the room, you've served Jesus for a long time. This truth is something you've heard multiple times. But I believe there's a fresh revelation for you today. God's with you. God's with you. It's a reminder that Emmanuel, the gift, you can have hope in this season because God's with you. So even though the reality of your life may not look the way you thought it was going to look, there is still hope because Jesus is with you. And you know what? God's not out to build your picture. He's out to build his purpose. And he will always readjust it to accomplish what he has planned for you. Why? Because it's always better. It might be different, but it's better. Amen. You may be here this morning and you're missing some hope. We want to give an opportunity for every Sunday for people to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. So if I could have you just bow your heads for just a moment, and we're going to give people a chance to respond to the gospel. The gospel is good news that Jesus came for you to offer you hope in your situation. Your frame of your life may not be what you thought it would be, but with Jesus it can be so much better. If you're here this morning and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? That's so cool. Thank you, Jesus. Put that hand down. That's awesome. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Jesus, the whole church, Jesus, forgive me my sins. I repent and turn to you. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being with me. And thank you because of you I have hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's give the Lord a shout of praise for the person that received Christ this morning. Amen. Would you stand with us? And we're going to respond here in just a moment. Maya has some more instructions for us. Here at PCC, we love spending time worshiping. And we love being in the presence of God. Why? Because we know that the presence of God brings freedom. It brings revelation. And as we say every week, we open up this altar. And, you know, I, was, uh, I received a message uh, just this week from a gal and she was saying that she was so afraid for years to come to the front because it was like the walk of shame she felt like if she were to walk to the front that everybody would judge her because there was you know it was because she was a sinner or she whatever she felt like all eyes were on her and that was the culture she was raised in and she said it wasn't until she had a moment of freedom where she realized that that's actually an invitation of Jesus to come close you can experience Jesus in your seat from the back, but also in the front. And sometimes we open the altar because sometimes you just need to get out of your seat to meet with God. And the altar is always open because an altar is a place where you meet with God. And I know some of you in the room, knowing some of your stories, you're facing some very difficult things right now. And life isn't at all like what you pictured. I know it's hard. It's hard. You didn't plan. 
You didn't plan that sickness. You didn't plan to lose a loved one. You didn't plan for that divorce. You didn't plan for your child to walk away from the Lord. You didn't, you didn't plan it. But here is the encouragement today that God wanna, wants to interrupt your picture and give you his picture for your life, for your family's life. He wants to restore your hope today. You may feel like that screen is blank and you don't know where God has gone, but he's saying, I'm right here. I'm Emmanuel, God with you. And the encouragement for you today is some of you, you just need a fresh touch from God that you can hear his voice. Him whisper saying, you know what? I'm with you. I have not left you and I have not forsaken you. So we're gonna worship and I encourage you, meet with God. And when you see people come to the front, it's not the walk of shame, it's a walk of transformation. It's a walk of hope. It's a walk of encounter. We celebrate that. We celebrate you meeting with God, whether you're in your seat or you come forward. But today I wanna pray over you and I'm gonna believe that we are gonna experience such a fresh touch of his presence today, that those that need hope, you're gonna be infused with hope. And even right now, if you're in the room and with all uh, eyes closed, if you're in the room and you just say, you know, I just, I feel, I feel like that, I feel hopeless, I feel like, God, where have you gone? And I just need the Lord to fill me with his hope today, a reminder of Emmanuel, God with me. Would you raise your hand? I wanna pray over you. I wanna pray, just lift your hand up. You need hope today. Yeah, we see those hands all over the room. Friends who raised your hand, you're not alone. Yeah. God, I thank you. Friends, God sees your hand that is raised. God, I thank you for every person, Father, who's here. God, they need a touch from you. God, you know their story. You know what they've walked through. You know what it took to even get here today. God, I pray for a fresh touch of your power on their life. I pray a fresh touch of hope on their minds, over their spirits today. God, that you would show them where you're at in the picture of the reality of their, of their situation, God. That you would remind them today that you are with them. God, would you give them a fresh picture of what you have for them, God. I pray that for my friends in the room that feel like they just fight it, they're fighting you, God, that they would stop fighting you and they would let you carry them to safety. God, I thank you that they can rest assured that they will not drown because you've got them. You have not taken your eyes off them, God. So Lord, as we worship you, I pray for a fresh impartation of your presence and your power to be at work. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna worship together. The altars are open. Come and meet with the Lord and allow him to show you where he's at in your story. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more, or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.